right, Bitcoin Accumulation Country. We are back. I am your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing Bitcoin. Check out Crypto Cloaks for all your 3D printing needs. And we are in season three, and this is episode 43. So thank you, everyone, for joining me. I've got a really interesting short chat um, with fellow Bitcoiner, Queen Solo. Now, for the people who don't know who Queen Solo is, um, he is a gentleman that um, has a website where he does a lot of uh, Bitcoin-inspired um, woodworking, um, making different things, right? Like, uh, you know, magnets and coasters. And anyways, I found uh, I found Queen Solo um, when I first got into Bitcoin and purchased, you know, some of his, uh, some of his stuff because I, I totally love all the Bitcoin inspired, you know, uh, all the Bitcoin inspired accessories. And, uh, anyways, you know, hit it off with him and essentially have been patiently waiting to, you know, be able to sit down and actually have a little chat with him. So this finally took place and we are going to dive into it. But before we do, let's talk about dollar cost averaging. For anybody who is interested in dollar cost averaging and who wants to be purchasing Bitcoin but doesn't want to be spending their time constantly watching the charts and listening to traders that they really have no idea whether these people are credible or not, and you kind of just want to put this in kind of in a passive sleep mode where you're simply just accumulating and hodling, being able to transfer that Bitcoin out to your own private address. So if you're interested in doing that and that falls... In, in your wheelhouse, then you are looking for Swan Bitcoin. With Swan Bitcoin, the three main takeaways are we've, we can do automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchases of BTC. You can time them based on your uh, when you receive your check. You know, you can do it, uh, you know, let's say once um, you can do it once a month um, or you can do it per pay period as well. Um, there's lots of options for you to be able to customize how you purchase. And you could automatically withdraw to your uh, your chosen address. So if you're interested in a Bitcoin only platform um, that is doing the uh, the great work of helping onboard people, then you definitely want to check out Swan Bitcoin. I'm gonna have the uh, the link to their website in the show notes. All right, sit back. Here is my chat with Queen Solo. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I have fellow Bitcoiner and um, I'd say creator, um, Queen Solo. And for the people who don't know um, Queen Solo, because he doesn't have an, as many followers as he should, um, he, he does this really nice uh, Bitcoin woodworking. And obviously, I'm going to let him explain it much more elegantly than me. So I appreciate to have you on, Queen Solo. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm such a fan. I really enjoy being here, man. Very cool. So... Um, you know, always customary, we're going to kick it off with, uh, you know, like where were you, you know, before you got into Bitcoin and, uh, you know, how did you get into it? So, um, to start the story, I guess I graduated high school, 2007, started college then. And then that 2008 housing crisis happened and that kind of like blew everybody away. That kind of got me interested in kind of the financial system there. Uh, Occupy Wall Street really got my attention. I was super interested in all that stuff. Uh, but then the more I looked into it, the more I just kind of got apathetic to the whole financial system. And I just kind of gave up on it. I just was assuming that nothing would ever work in the system. You know, big government doesn't really help out the more it 
concentrates. And so uh, I just accumulated debt and just started working and then uh, just kind of chugged along. I'd heard about Bitcoin quite a few times, but just never looked into it. Nobody gave me like the correct pitch. I mean, I heard about it being used on the Silk Road. That didn't really interest me. You know, I never even asked the question how they're actually pulling it off or anything. But then in 2017, like super early in February, I got a new job. And in the back corner, we had like all of these old CPUs, all these old machines that were just kind of sitting there. And my boss made a joke a couple of times of, we should turn that into a Bitcoin miner. So I was like, I wonder really what, would, what, what it would take to make that happen. So I started researching it and just this whole rabbit hole fell on top of me. And I realized how it was decentralized and it solved the Byzantine generals problem and all of these like amazing things. And the more I kept doubting it, the more I looked into it, I just kept falling and falling and falling. So that night, when it really hit me, I bought an S9, like a, a, an Amp Miner S9, and that immediately like two thousand dollars on Amazon. It was overpriced <laughs> at the time, but it came to me. I started mining immediately. I took all those machines, and uh, I kind of started to fall down the shitcoin rabbit hole as well. So I started mining ETH immediately with all those old machines at my work. I was running that S9 at my work, and I wasn't paying for any power, and it was fantastic. So I just start, and then Bitcoin just kept going up and up and up, and it was just uh, totally amazing. Um, mind a little bit. The uh, the work told me I probably could, shouldn't run this here anymore as Bitcoin got a little more popular and people kind of figured things out. So I sold the miner right at the peak of 2017 uh, for a, a hefty markup to some guy who's running a facility in Houston. And then it's just, again, back down the rabbit hole. I just kept studying. The more I read, the more uh, I kind of just fell into the, the rhetoric. I fell into, like, I guess the facts, really, learning what it was all about. Um, really looked into Austrian economics after that, fell back into the Bitcoin only camp uh, after I realized the, the shit coins aren't really working. Um, I was a big Vertcoin supporter for a little bit. And then Matt O'Dell kind of, uh, you know, from uh, Tales from the Crypt, Rabbit Hole Recap, he made a really good point about how ant miners or just uh, ASICs, I should say, ASICs in general really help the security of Bitcoin. And that just blew me out of the water. And I went all in 100% Bitcoin. And uh <laughs> Really looked into Andreas Antonopoulos, uh, Nick Carter was really good, Safedine, Bitcoin Standard, all of these different resources. And looked into, uh, or Andreas was telling a story about how somebody sold like baklavas for Bitcoin outside of a shop and that's how they're earning it. And he was really pushing for people to earn. And I was like, I got to do something. And so I'm part of this initiative or this uh, nonprofit in Dallas called the Dallas Makerspace. And it's just like a, a big, people come together and they pay dues for a membership, but all of the profits, all the member money goes towards like buying new equipment and putting it in there for makers to use. So they have laser cutters. They have a full wood, wood excuse me, woodworking shop. They got 3d printers. They got like arts and crafts. They get everything you could ask for. So I really like latched onto the laser cutter and that's how I started making coasters and magnets and all this stuff and just put them online. And then obviously BTC pay server is amazing. That's what I'm using there. So it just, it, it never stopped. Uh, to this day, I'm still consuming at least a Bitcoin podcast a day. I'm still scrolling on Twitter, trying to read as much as I can. Like you never can stop learning in this whole environment. I, I find that mining is a difficult path to take because it involves um, such a high, you know, such a, a capital influx. Yeah, so, no, so understood. I, like a big mining investment. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of work. I bought a single S9 um, ant miner and I just hooked that up. And once you hook that up, you go into slush pool and it's really easy. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of work with computers for uh, my day job, my fiat job. So I'm a little more tech savvy than the average person, but 
I mean, one single ant miner, you hook up to Ethernet, you hook up to power, and you, you just let it go. You uh, basically pop in your pool information, and that's it. So it's super easy to start off with. Yeah, but when you maintain a lot of them, I can only imagine. Yeah, and if I had to run it at my apartment or something like that, it would have been hell. Uh, that thing is just fans always going. It gets hot. And I'm, I'm here in Texas, so the heat is something we uh, try to stay away from. Yeah, I was just always thinking, I mean, for me anyways, it was, you know, like I looked at options like that. I live on the East Coast and I was looking at options like mining and I'm like, ugh, you know what the sad part is? It's just easier for me to buy this stuff. Yeah, no. no. Yeah, totally. I, there was just, again, when I kind of fell into it via the mining, the whole decentralization of it and the fact that you can kind of earn it. And at the time I had a lot of debt, so it was, I didn't have a lot of like capital to just throw at it. I couldn't oh, yeah. throw two grand, but I could put in two grand and maybe make that money back for sure and sell off the Bitcoin. So it was kind of something I could balance at the time. Uh, and yeah, I bought it on a credit card too. So that was even greater, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's a, you know what, to a certain extent that kind of played out. Okay. Because you know, Bitcoin had the, you know, the dream run of 2017. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was almost a delusion that I thought I would keep going. Yeah. I was hoping, uh, McAfee, McAfee's dick line would, uh, or what was that? The dick bet. I, I, I was hoping right. that he would hit that number a million last year or something like that. I'm pretty sure he still has to eat his dick. Yeah, he should. I'm pretty sure he owes us that. <laughs> like, not that I want to see it. I, I don't care to see it. I just want to know that he did it. <laughs> yeah. Just a little part of it. Just, just something. Um, so, okay. Um, to, to go back to this, uh, the, the makerspace thing. Um, okay. So you said that you work with computers, but like designing is like a, a little bit, like a little bit different. Like your, your background, is it a bit in like some type of graphic design? Cause you're yeah. So I, I've started out in like video production. Um, that's what I got oh, my, cool. I got my college degree in like TV. Um, so, and then I, I kind of was in that system for a little bit and realized that I was much better behind the scenes setting up the equipment for all the real creative folks. So I've got a little bit of editing, a little bit of Photoshop. Um, I've kind of taken a lot of the graphics and stuff from the website from open source kind of areas. There's this uh, woodcutters.es. Uh, he did the 100% free Bitcoin font, which is really great. So I use a lot of those little images for the stuff that I cut out on the laser. Um, the Genesis block is like the one of my uh, best-selling products, but that's just literally text from the Genesis block. You just have to laser cut. So I just have the know-how to kind of move the graphics around and make sure they're high enough quality to laser etch. That is by far one of my favorite pieces. That I had to get that as soon as I saw that. I yeah, I love that, that one. I thought it was so cool. This is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think um, I want to get that right side where it just says the times. Um, I, I want that as a tattoo on my arm. I think I'm going to get that one day. Uh, <laughs> it's been long enough. I've been three years wanting it, so I feel like that's long enough. It's time. It's time to do it. <laughs> and you know what? It's not a, you know what? To be honest, it's an, it's an incredibly symbolic, you know, uh, piece. So it's yeah, not well, that, it's not that say, it like, would be wasted. Yeah, even if like Bitcoin was to fail, like what it stood for is still what I support. I mean, like anything else could come by. If it has the same values and does the same thing, I'll jump on it. It's I'm not stuck with Bitcoin. I'm stuck for the values behind it. So I, I think that that's uh, that's a very good point that you bring up. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, a, a lot of the people that are in Bitcoin, yes, absolutely. You know, we cheer for Bitcoin because it, it is the you know the shining beacon. But uh, unfortunately, now you know for the central bankers the you know, the rabbits out of the hat. So, you know, if yeah, it's, if, it's the only thing that makes sense right now. Yeah, for it, sure. It is. And, you know, if somehow, which I highly doubt that it will, they will be able to do if somehow 
Bitcoin is dismantled or destroyed, everybody understands what has to be done. So it's like, to your point, you know, if there was something to come along later on in time that would provide a solution, let's say, to Bitcoin, a true solution, then okay. You know, yeah, but that's you have the to... beauty of open source software, right? Yeah. They can just absorb into it. That's right. And, and it's funny that, you know, it's like, it's an interesting topic because like I've thought of that and it's like, so essentially Bitcoin was born because our fiat system is broken, right? Which means, mm-hmm. which means that whatever would be born would have to be born because Bitcoin would become broken. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So it's like, as long as it doesn't break, there's nothing else required and it hasn't. So... <laughs> kind yeah. of an interesting one. It's a fun thought experiment. Yeah, it is. It's not a bad one. <laughs> um, but uh, just to uh, to go back to, you know, to go back to your shop. So I, I guess like, um, why did you choose, you know, like, why did you choose Bitcoin to uh, to go with, with, with the shop? Uh, well, like I said, when I kind of discovered mining, I fell down the rabbit hole and found out how, like, this is a truly decentralized system, as like Andreas Antonopoulos says, like, it's rules without rulers. It's like, uh, it's something exactly that you kind of want for a financial system. So really like looking at all of that, it's the obvious choice. And like I said, I fell down the shitcoin rabbit hole. I like, I mentioned Vertcoin earlier. I really like the idea of people being able to mine at home, but then that just falls apart when you look at the security model. And so it's just like Bitcoin has thought through everything. And so when you have a doubt, when you have a question, when you want to pivot, somebody has already thought through like, worked through this thought process and found an answer or accepted the trade-off. And it, it's like, it still continues to amaze me how deep, how much deeper it goes. And especially with all the new stuff with Taproot and discrete log contracts and all that, it's just amazing what more you can do. Well, yeah, because the, the, uh, the discrete, uh, the discrete log contracts, we, we get to add, um, you know, the ability essentially to do quote unquote, you know, the, uh, these type of off chain things like betting, you know, where we get to add, um, a certain layer to it. Like, um, yeah, no one can stop you. Yeah, exactly. You know, like definitely nobody can stop you, but, um, it it just makes it possible to do more complex operations on Bitcoin, which is really cool because it's a backend, uh, it's a backend piece that's required. Yeah. And then, yeah, something I forgot to mention when I first started the shop, that was when lightning network was really starting to kick off and there wasn't a lot of different places you could buy stuff. So that was a goal of mine as well. It's like, hey, I can earn some Bitcoin, but I can also be a place where you can spend on the Lightning Network. So I don't think I was one of the first shops, but I was definitely in one of the few uh, dozen or so. I remember when Roger Ver was making the bets that nobody would sell on Lightning and it's been working great. I mean, and you can see the advancements with Strike and all the new stuff they're doing. And I know you guys do the roundtable. So it's it's just amazing what the Lightning Network can do off chain and like how Bitcoin continues to scale, even though everybody says it, it doesn't. And again, that's just one of those trade-offs. Your shop is actually one of the first shops I used Lightning with. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was very cool. So I, I wanted to go back to something that you said um, about the uh, about the shitcoins, because I'm always interested in, so what got you fooled? You know, like- You I, know, it was actually kind of interesting. I was into Bitcoin like first, and then I was like, I had this Bitcoin only mindset, but then I just saw- like Bitcoin was gaining in 2017, but so many of these other little projects were just kind of going up. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll kind of dip my toes in. I'll lose some money and I'll try to 
gamble on these shit coins. And then I just kept getting burned over and over. And the second I get excited about something, like I was really excited about Ethereum at first. I thought the whole world computer aspect was a great concept. But then again, once you start digging into it, you just find, oh, well, it's not really scalable or it's trying to do too much for what it really is capable of doing. And it's just like too many trade-offs that are like showing a negative side of it. And uh, again, I, I mentioned Vercoin a couple of times because it really is something I was kind of passionate about for a little bit, but then the security model just falls apart. And again, we see that, that they're able to just rent hashing power and attack the chain and it's being double spent and reorged a lot. It's just not going to work. And Bitcoin has never been exposed to that. So yeah, the, what, what got me into shit coins was the fact that I could have made some money. Uh, and then a lot of the false promises of the ICOs, um, yeah, I, I, I bought into one, uh, Play Key. It was like some Russian video game streaming service, which was a great promise, but they said they'd be done in 2018 or early 2018 or something. And yeah, still nothing has been done and the coins are devalued. It's just greed got me into it. Uh, but then again, just uh, trying, like I don't like to just follow something and just go with the crowd or just do something because it sounds good. I, I actually want to follow it because I believe in it. I want to follow it because there's evidence backing it and bitcoin is the only one that just checks all of those boxes i you know what i completely agree and i you know it's interesting listening to you know your, your story i mean i didn't go down the path of mining in, in the same way um i i used computers to mine shit coins i never got to the point of having miners and <laughs> and i also went into an ico uh i inv i, I uh, invested in unicoin gold uh which was you know, some video game token that was going to be huge, right? You know, like it's, and, and it's just, you know, hearing this, you know, every single one of us got into this, um, you know, when we, you know, we got into this with the right ideas and then we got fooled by a narrative because we got too greedy. And, and this is, you know, like that, yeah, I think exactly. that that's a piece that people, you know, maybe don't want to accept about themselves, but it, you know, it just, it happens to us and it's just so, you know, it's interesting when you actually do break down every single one of those stories and you realize, okay, you know, what I came here originally for was this hard money and this is it, you know, like Bitcoin is, is that hard money? Like personally, my, my narrative was the tech narrative. Like I got fooled by the tech, yeah. I, you know, totally one of those people who thought that like, the faster transactions and all this stuff, not realizing the centralization, not realizing that the hash rate made a difference, you know, like all of these things, just thinking, yeah, not realizing you need to, you don't have to scale on chain. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, like that's, that, that's the other thing, you know, the, you know, people don't realize like there's a reason why layers work, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not against like shit coins going on the market and trying to compete. That's not at all. Like if you want to try to gamble with your money on the uh, cyber Vegas, as Michael, Michael Saylor puts it, yeah, <laughs> you can do that. that. That should be legal. I'm not trying to say they need to all go away. But I mean, if you're like you said, looking at this for hard money, if you're looking at going in this for the values. Bitcoin is the only one that's there. All the other ones are just a distraction. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and to your point. Sure, you guys want to come out and compete, you know, come out and play. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's like it's just winner take all. I know that there's some people, you know, like uh, Andreas, uh, you know, talks about a Pareto distribution, but I I, I think that truly, you know, th this does become winner take all. Yeah, and and I respect Andreas's views. I know he's kind of gotten a little more into shit coins lately. 
But I mean, I, I respect his curiosity for Ethereum. Like, it, it's a good thing to strive for. I mean, if you if you tell me all, all the things they promise, if they could achieve it, hell yeah, I'd be down for that. But it just look at it. it it's not working. Uh, like Udi says, Tron is better at this point. Like, oh. it's just total centralize it, and it works like like that. When you try to decentralize it and have all these different layers that just seem to fall apart on each other, not even like scaling layers, but just complexity layers. Just doesn't work. Oh. But yeah, I, I still like everyone gives Andreas a really hard time for where he's at now. And I think like you got to respect him because he's always had that mindset. I mean, like from his first book, he was talking about the little kindergartners having their own coins and trading that in class and all that stuff. So, I mean, he's kind of had his multi-coin theory, but I mean, he's still a Bitcoiner to me. I mean, he still holds that Bitcoin is the hard value aspect and all the other ones are just trying. I, you know, it's, I, I don't disagree, right? Like, obviously, you can't take away the amazing contributions that, that you know, he has done for Bitcoin. Um, his talks are definitely one of the main reasons I got into Bitcoin. It's, um, I'll tell you what is, what, what is difficult to see is that uh, sometimes he shills, like, really bad crap, like, rip, ripcord token or something like that, some... Anyways, it's just uh, I've, I haven't seen him shilling that, but yeah, I, I can yeah I, he, can say, I can agree with that not being a good thing. <laughs> I was like, it was pretty bad. It was it was pretty brutal. Um, he deleted that tweet though. Um, so oh, okay, but, uh, you know, it's just it's just kind of tough to see. It, it it is kind of tough to see. But you're absolutely right. You know, in terms of his contributions, and he is, um, you know, he is working on that book with Rene Picard about lightning. Yeah, I so, mean, he's just trying to huge. satisfy his curiosity, and he's not going to be right 100% of the time. But I just, I just think it's dangerous with with Ethereum and and the shitcoin casino because at the end of the day, like especially knowing uh, what I know about uh, these tokens, um, they often don't need to be money to provide the the you know the service that they you know that they claim to do. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's you need so, to have honest marketing about it. Yeah, you, you can't exactly. just say your hard money as well, because that's like the the thing with all these meth heads that I see. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the mean term for it. The Absolutely. Heads. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's that they think it's hard money as well, and it that just doesn't make sense. If you want to try to do your whole world computer or whatever the new narrative is, stick to that. You can't also be hard money. Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing is, is that, you know, do you really need money to be privacy based or only identification based or, you know, only money that you're going to use in a casino? You know, like, yes, of course, you know, you have chips, you go to the casino, you exchange them. But why as a consumer who doesn't go to a casino, why would I hold on to this and why would it gain in value? Like the poker chips don't gain in value. Yeah, they're not bringing. They're, they might bring one chip home. They're not going to bring the whole stack. You know, and even if they do, like, like, are people really buying it off of you for fifty bucks? Like, I, I don't. I, I mean, to me, like, it's it's only valuable in the casino. Yeah, so no, that makes total sense. You know what I mean? It's just like it's very difficult, and it's it's too bad because you know people get their hopes up, and you know you get like you get fooled. You know, you get you get fooled by the garbage, and it's it's just anyways, it, it's painful. It, it yeah, is no i agree yeah it is painful and you know you you just uh you do your best you know you do your best to try to always sway people back to bitcoin you know so that at least that's yeah. that that's the points yeah. i tried to stick to 
Yeah, that seems to have been uh, my role as of late. It's just been annoying everybody with Bitcoin and always trying to bring it up every time someone talks about any issue. It's like, you know, Bitcoin can fix this. Like, you know, the money could be the thing. I'm, I, most of us, I guess, have gotten to the point where we're kind of the Bitcoin guy that's annoying to our families and oh. friends. Oh, 100%, always. As soon as I start to talk about it, uh, it's, it's like my, my wife knows it's it's never going to end. <laughs> it's brutal, actually. The, uh, what's it called? The plumber was here yesterday, and uh, I tweeted about this. And, like, I, I mean, the, the, you know, the poor guy, like, saw my nodes downstairs and started asking me about them. And, and, and like, my wife right away is like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> You're like, from upstairs, she can hear it. She's like, you don't want to do that. And, like, he starts laughing. He's like, why not? And I'm like, oh, she's probably right. But you know what? He, um, it, it turns out that he actually has Cash App. And, you know, although I told him about the, uh, you know, the difference between KYC and non-KYC, I, I still do encourage people, you know, if, if that's your access to Bitcoin, well, so be it, you know, take money out yeah. of the system and start with Cash App. And then you can, you know, you can figure out other means after. Yeah, you got to get him orange pilled first. I mean, the plumber can start accepting Bitcoin, maybe. You know, but at the very least, he can start. You know, he's excited to start buying it. So, I, I got yeah. that done. Yeah, I've become that annoying guy who just asks pretty much any time I can't. I'm paying somebody. Hey, do you take Bitcoin? Even though I don't want to pay in Bitcoin, and that's something that always surprises me with my shop here is that, like, I like to pay with Bitcoin and Lightning just to play around with it. I don't really like to part with my Bitcoin so much. So the fact that people like send me Bitcoin voluntarily is like super surprising. Like I'll buy a couple dollars worth of stickers or something here and there, but I'm never spending my uh, big stack or a, a bigger purchase. <laughs> I guess strike is the only time I've actually started spending uh, money, um, a large amounts when I like, buy those gift cards. But yeah, it's, it's just amazing. People will actually pay for this or, or send that money for other things when it, when you could save it. The, you know what, the way that I look at it and it, uh, you know, it, it might be, you know, it might be wrong, but the way I see it is, is that it's like, I want to convey value to you and this is the best value I can send you. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. Res I respect your work so much that I'd want to pay you in Bitcoin. Yeah. I still like, if I pay you know? friends back or something, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather pay them in Bitcoin just so they can hold it. But, uh, yeah, it hasn't been so lucky in the past of them remembering their private keys. You know that that that's interesting, right? Um, so when it comes to you know when it comes to like no coiners, right? Like uh, obviously, I'm sure you have like tons of friends that are no coiners. I have tons of friends that are no coiners. It's like I at first I used to try offering them Bitcoin, and then I stopped. Yeah, I still bring you it know, up it's... every now and then, but yeah, it's definitely not as persistent. I don't know. And I think we need to be clear on the definitions. I like no coiner is someone who's like adamantly against it, like a Peter Schiff kind of guy. And then you have pre-coiners or people who just don't know they need it yet. They're not necessarily against it, but their interest has not been peaked yet. I like that. I like So the yeah, you, you get your no coiner and pre-coiner. No coiner is the guy who's just like, I don't want any part of this that's used for criminals, all the horrible FUD lines. Um, that's your no coiner. Okay, so so I'm gonna have to say pre-coiners then. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm gonna have yeah, to say pre-coiners. I, I got a few pre-corner friends who, yeah, I've uh, just jokingly offered, and they're it's just like an automatic no. I get the eye roll when you say, "I'll pay you back in Bitcoin." <laughs> I, you know what? I actually know a couple of no coiners, and 
I, surprisingly, you know, it's like, the, the, you know, these people have a background in, in software development. And I thought at the very least, from the technical standpoint, they'd be intrigued. But yet they're um, they're brainwashed by by things like the FDIC insures my bank account. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I was kind of in that apathetic phase. I had heard about Bitcoin so many times. And again, uh, like it was, I don't know, maybe 2013, 14, whenever Silk Road was at its peak, I, I heard about people buying drugs with Bitcoin. And I, I never even thought, oh, how do they do that? That's illegal. Like it, it just never crossed my mind. Uh, but then again, once I got into mining and I figured out how it was actually decentralized, that's when the the whole rock fell on me and I just like kept going down. And so some people just need that trigger moment, whether it's them getting blocked on PayPal or their bank rejecting something or them just going negative interest rates, something will trigger them at some point. Speaking of PayPal, um, I actually uh, so. I've had to transfer funds uh, from one country to another a few times uh, because uh, I'm originally from Canada, but I live in the U.S. So I've had to transfer money back and forth. And so essentially I have, you know, two, I have, you know, two checking accounts tied to a PayPal account. I have a U.S. checking, Canadian checking. It's pretty simple. You know, you transfer, yeah. transfer U.S. dollars up to PayPal, convert them to Canadian, and then simply deposit them into your Canadian account. Sounds simple. Worked for many years. Everything is great. All of a sudden, a year ago, every time I go to do the transaction, I start getting blocked. It, it starts, oh, no. yeah, and it just starts telling me that, you know, it's like, oh, you know, something went wrong. I would contact them and they would tell me, you know, your, um, what is it? They, they would say, oh, we see an error with your account. I'm like, okay you know, what do I do? And they'd go, we have to, uh, what was it? We have to unblock it. So fine. They unblock it. I'm like, all right, this has happened multiple times. How do I, uh, you know, like, how do I stop this from happening again in the future? And they're like, we can't tell you that, sir. I'm like, can you tell me why you blocked it? And they're like, we can't tell you that, sir. I'm like, how does this make sense? Uh, just quote unquote suspicious activity. But I've been doing the same thing. It's like, you're paying bills. Like, I don't understand. Like, tell me that it's suspicious then, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, the classic PayPal. Were they charging you a percentage fee as well? Um, you know, they, they charge you on the um, on the conversion. Oh, that's from, how they do it. Yeah, from U.S. to Canadian. So to to withdraw into your Canadian account is free. And the only piece that you pay is in the conversion. There's like a you know, a certain percentage there that PayPal takes. Huh. Yeah. Recently I've been using PayPal a little more because um, through the quarantine, I started playing a little more D and D and you can get <laughs> on roll 20 and play with people. Or like, so I have a DM that's in London or a DM that's in Australia. And yeah, it's like 10, 15% just to pay them eight bucks. And it makes zero what? sense. And yeah, it's like an extra two bucks, dollar 67, whatever. If every time you pay them, off an well, $8 transaction. It's like, God, you guys are centralized. This is supposed to be cheap. Like I, I'd have, I'd literally have cheaper fees on Bitcoin within like 40 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't used PayPal now in, um, what is it? At least six months, six to eight months. So maybe, maybe they've changed the fees. Yeah. It, it just something. started happening to me uh, through the pandemic. But yeah, again, it's crazy. 10% to just change a couple numbers in your own database. 
that's insane that is completely insane and if you ask me that that's just a symptom of the fact that like they're a one-trick pony yeah you know and yeah it's specifically the cross borders i've been able to send people in the states but still i mean it's supposed to be easier on your centralized platform that's the whole point of this seriously that 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 is total garbage fuck paypal <laughs> yeah fuck paypal I've, you know what i i put out so many tweets about fuck paypal and this is why bitcoin's gonna make them irrelevant at this aren't they supposed to be uh like selling bitcoin soon yeah didn't i, I hear that I, I think so they're definitely getting in they're they're looking into it you know all these all these companies i remember two years ago right fidelity when we had the 2017 run-up fidelity was already mentioning bitcoin yeah they seem to be true to it though yep Fidelity, I mean, surprisingly, uh, they've kind of like for a big institution, they can pivot. They uh, they're not bad. I mean, for, you know, being able to look into this and and like actually, you know, take action and stuff like that. And I mean, come on, you know, like Bitcoin is really not that big if you look at the grand scheme of things. And there they are already paying attention. Yeah. And they've been pretty targeted on Bitcoin specifically. Right. They haven't from what I've seen, they haven't really gone into any of the shit coins. Nope. Yeah, because like you hear the grayscale people talk about like how much Bitcoin they have, but then look at all like the shitty oh. BSV and Bitcoin Cash or whatever all the other crap is in there. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's totally embarrassing, actually. You know what? On my, um, I do a daily, uh, I do a daily show uh, called Simply Bitcoin, and that that was one of our fails. Was you oh, know, really? <laughs> yeah, of course, because they put out this totally awesome video, right? Like it's it's so amazing. It's like showing you what's wrong with the system. Fantastic memory. And then, and then they show you this chart of shit coins. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you, you just, you just told everybody how amazing Bitcoin is. And then you bring out this bag of circus tricks. Anyways, it was, it was rough. (laughs) No, I understand. Yeah. It's something to be frustrated about. It was definitely rough. Um, so is there uh, like, is there what, what's, you know, what's on the horizon for, for queen solo? Uh, you know, I've got a couple new products coming out, um, just little things here and there. Um, and really, I'm just kind of open. If anybody has any suggestions or uh, things they want to see kind of made up, um, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, that would be nice. Yeah, always looking for input. I, I really like, like I got into this to, yes, make uh, Bitcoin on my own, but I, I really wanted to try to give back. So I started making these like BTC pay server coasters and magnets. Um, and then since then, I've kind of expanded to uh, Wasabi and Samurai because I really think Bitcoin privacy is something we should strive for. Maybe not on the main chain, but something that uh, everyone should have a right to and be able to volunteer or voluntarily like uh, adopt or voluntarily take part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so all of those products I have, the all profit goes straight to the uh, product. So I got Wasabi, I got Samurai, and I got BTC Pay right now. So I. 100% donate my time and the cost to cut the laser and everything. And any extra money I get from those, I send straight to the project. And so I kind of have a direct line with those guys and a spreadsheet where they can keep track of it all. So uh, the Bitcoin is making it over there. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to Nick Carter as well. He uh, kind of approached me early on and uh, hooked me up with his FUD dice. So I have those FUD dice on our site. Those if you buy the FUD dice, uh, I think like 50% of the profits go straight to BC, BTC Pay Server. So you could help uh, support a dev that way. And I think going forward, I want to try uh, to help 
the protocol development as well. So I might make a, a line of products that just donate directly to a BTC pay dev or, or I'm sorry, just a Bitcoin core dev. Um, so I, I really want to find something that's kind of cool that might drive some traffic that again, I can just hundred percent support protocol development on Bitcoin. Dude, I love it, man. That is, that is absolutely amazing. And I totally love the FUD dice. I actually have those. Um, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. This is, I just have version two, but the version one is good as well. Oh, I wish I had version one. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan it's of just that scarcity. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to keep them in mint, you know, it's like, I, I have, I only as, as well, I have version two. So, but, um, so look, uh, any, uh, are any final thoughts for the, uh, for the listeners? Uh, keep stacking stats, look forward, uh, look to, uh, improve Bitcoin privacy. Everybody coin join, add your liquidity there. Um, whether it's through Wasabi or Samurai, um, I don't like the flame wars that they have. I'm just glad they're two different teams are working towards privacy. I like that, man. I like that community and cooperation. All right. So, um, your details will obviously we'll have your details in the show notes. And, uh, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast, man, and having this chat with me. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate what you do. You get the word out to all these cool little projects and people. So it's fun to listen to them. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. I look forward right. to see what's coming out of Queen Solo. All right. Thanks, man. And then, yeah, you guys can find me at Twitter. It's Queen underscore Solo. That's Q-U-I-N underscore S-O-L-O. And then I just wanted to throw an extra shout out to the Dallas Makerspace. I encourage people to look that up. Um, it's, again, a, a 501c3 total nonprofit community driven makerspace. Uh, if you go on there, you can find all the information about it. I encourage people to try to start one locally because it has been a life changer for me and a lot of people I know. Um, the place is open 24-7. Again, they just invest all the member dues back into equipment, and it really enables a lot of people to work on their own, make extra money, work from home, make extra funds, or just use the makerspace as an outlet for fun. So I really love those type of community efforts. DallasMakerspace.org. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, guy. Hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Queen Solo. You can find his contact details in the show notes. And of course, as always, if you want to reach me on Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Catch you all next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>